This is the CQ on Congress Coronavirus Special Report. We are bringing you daily updates on the policy news you need to know using the reporting prowess of CQ Roll Call. I'm Sean Zeller. It's Monday, April 20th. Republicans and Democrats in Congress continue to work on a fourth bill to prop up the American economy with billions of dollars for hospitals, test kits, and small businesses. $350 billion appropriated by Congress in March for companies with fewer than 500 employees is already gone. The bill is currently stalled because Democrats want more money for testing, which experts say will help reopen the economy. Earlier today, I spoke with Representative Gregory Meeks, a Democrat from Queens in New York City, who is seeking to ensure that the small business loans reach minority-owned businesses. He says the first batch did not. And then CQ Roll Call's David Lerman will have an update on the negotiations over the next relief bill. Finally, Mary Ellen McIntyre reports on state governors' continuing concerns about the dearth of coronavirus testing kits, as well as their strategies for reopening. First, my interview with Representative Meeks. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, Congressman Meeks. Good to be with you. So, Congressman, we understand that Congress is getting close to an agreement between Republicans and Democrats and President Trump on a fourth coronavirus relief bill. Can you tell us where that stands at this time? What are the sticking points that remain? Well, we call it Stimulus 3.5, because we believe that there's going to be a fourth one coming later. So this was intervened when the majority leader of the Senate decided that he wanted to put another bill forward for small businesses once we ran out of money because of the urgency of uh, trying to get more money into our small businesses. So I think that what's being negotiated initially was how much money how much should go to small business, how much should go to hospitals and or city and states, how much money should go toward testing, because we know that testing is important in regards to uh, trying to get a handle on uh, this, uh, this terrible virus so that people can open up back uh, places like my city and state. Uh, and so that conversation is going on. So, and then how do you make sure that, say, maybe some of the smaller uh, uh, em- employers can get access. And some of the uh, CDFI, the community development uh, I- institutions, uh, how do they uh, get involved and have access to the portals of the SBA so that they can help their customers? Now, I understand that Republicans are reluctant to put, at least in this bill, new aid to states and counties and local governments. Uh Is that something that is a deal breaker for Democrats or is that something that can be worked out down the road? I think that is something that is continuing to discuss, like New York, that has been devastated and absolutely the the epicenter of the coronavirus. You know, how much further can the state go without getting some additional help from the federal government? It's exactly what Governor Cuomo has been talking about over and over again. You're talking about trying to open up and some folks and everyone wants to open up, but you can't open, the states can't open up unless, in fact, there's certain aid that can come to the city and states because, especially those that have been 
uh, uh, impacted, overly impacted. You know, when you look at the number of infections that have taken place here, the number of deaths that have taken place here, to open up, to get our small businesses uh, to, to gear back up and, and to take a little process, but we're going to need that aid. So it's tremendously important uh, for me and I think for many other cities uh, and states that have been devastated by this virus funding in, the, in this bill. Now, you mentioned earlier the program of forgivable loans for small businesses. This is what Congress created in March in the third coronavirus relief law. Uh, it's run out of money. And it's fair to say both parties want to increase funding for that so that small businesses, companies with fewer than 500 employees can get these forgivable loans. But you've spoken about the need for transparency, about where the money's going, out of concern that not enough of it is going to minority-owned businesses, to women-owned businesses. Can you speak to that a bit about what you'd like to see in this law in that way? Yeah, so I think that is important uh, that we have some of the smaller community financial institutions, minority depository institutions, uh, CDIFs uh, involved. Very few of them uh, had access to the SBA portal. Uh, they have customers that are important for them to serve, whereas a lot of the larger banks and some of the you know, multiple chains and others that had up 400 to 500 uh, employees, they were able to access they were able to get their loans through and they got uh, substantially most of the money. Uh, you see uh, one uh, such uh, chain give back. They got $10 million, the maximum of what you could get. They gave it back uh, because they said that, well, really, we have other avenues of which we can do. To right. This was the owners of Shake Shack, the restaurant. Uh, but when you have a smaller business, a minority business, a rural business, uh, someone from rural America, uh, that's employing 10 people or five people, they have no other avenue. And if they don't have access to this money, they're not going to be able to come back. And that's a large part of who we are as Americans, is these small businesses uh, that uh, hire local people in the community so that they can make on. And we want to make sure that they have access. And so I have a problem uh, with just saying we're going to put up uh, uh, $250 billion uh, this go-round uh, without making sure that it's also specifically going to be earmarked for some of the communities that need it most. Uh, and that's often in minority and certain urban areas and rural areas of the country. Do you have any data, Congressman, about how the first allotment of funds from the March law, how they break down in terms of minority-owned businesses? Did they get their fair share? No, oh, clearly they did not. Uh, and I'm looking forward to getting a complete um, uh, breakdown. That's one of the things that we're asking uh, the Secretary Mnuchin for. Uh, we want an absolute breakdown uh, based upon size of business, number of employees, uh, whether or not they're minority-owned or whether or not they're women-owned, uh, what types of business it was, you know, because were they barbershops and were they, were they uh, um, uh, florists, were they uh, beauty parlors, were they... Uh, you know, drugstores, certainly, you know, smaller. So we don't have that. Uh, I think that we definitely need that uh, so that we can make sure that they have access now. I'll tell you this. Uh, I spoke to my, in my district, my, in, my, in my borough, the Queen's Chamber of Commerce, the head of the Queen's Chamber of Commerce. And I asked him whether or not any of Queens, one of the most diverse boroughs in this country, whether any of them received that he knows of, 
that are part of the Queens uh, County Chamber of Commerce, whether any of them receive any of the PPP uh, loan money. And he said he does not know of one that's a part of the Queens Chamber that received uh, the PPP money. And those are individuals who have businesses like I just described to you. Now, PPP is the Paycheck Protection Program, this program of forgivable loans. And Congress created it in March with the idea of getting the money out very quickly. And it, it tasked banks with doing that with federal backing. Now, you sit on the Financial Services Committee. Was that uh, system the correct one? Was that well organized? It was, as you said, right? It was designed to get the money out as quickly as we could. Uh, but uh, I think that we see. We've seen how fast the money has gone. Uh, it was done on a first-come, first-served basis. Uh, there was a lot of problems with the initial rollout. Uh, so if you were one that had a close banking relationship with one of the big banks, uh, and you were generally, I think, that the show that if you had 350, 400, 499 employees, you were able to get into the queue and get approved and get the loan. But if you were not that sophisticated, if you were one of the smaller moms and pops that's working every day, you were not able to get into the queue. Uh, and in fact, many of the banks, the big banks particularly, initially said that unless you had a business loan with them, that they were not going to uh, try to, to put your uh, application through the process, which is something that we did not you know, intend when we uh, passed the first piece of legislation. So there was tremendous amount of problems in the beginning. And in the middle, and I think ultimately in the end, because it looks as though that most of the money went to some of the larger uh, employees as opposed to uh, making sure there was an equitable distribution there. Now, adding $250 billion as is in the works right now, is that enough? Or might Congress have to go back again and appropriate additional funds? Well, I think that what we're trying to negotiate now is uh, for the small business piece is uh, $310 billion, uh, and the $310 would be divided, $250 billion would go into the pot as did before, and $60 billion uh, that would make the $210 would be dedicated to uh, CDFIs, MDIs, uh, and small community banks and credit unions, uh, so that they will be uh, having access into uh, the SBA portals, and some of their individuals would have an opportunity to get loans through them, uh, which would be almost a, you know, a little less than 10% of what the total was that we know we'll get to these folks. That's not done yet. That's what we're negotiating right now. Uh, that is something that I would think is important and significant to, to, to get done. Uh, so we'll see what happens as the negotiation continues. Just to clarify for our listeners and all those acronyms, you're talking about smaller community banks working through the Small Business Administration, the SBA, with the idea that they would get money to smaller companies, smaller entities, little mom and pop shops. I have to remember to do just what you do. You know, you get into these alphabets and you, <laughs> and you forget that it's a different language for many. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> all right. Last question for you, Congressman Meeks. I... I can't let you go without asking. You represent the borough of Queens, the epicenter of the epicenter of the disease. Um, how are you? How is your borough doing? How are your constituents doing? Is there any light at the end of the tunnel for them at this point? Uh, for the past uh, uh, almost now two weeks, there's not been a day that has gone by that someone hasn't called me to tell me 
that either someone I know or someone that I know, loved one or friend that had passed. So it's really, really tough. The more testing that we start getting up uh, on online and people being tested, that's going to make it much better in our community. And then we've got to combine that with tracing so that we can find out and tracing being that once you test and if you find somebody that's positive, positive, to try to have someone to trace all the individuals that they might have been in contact with so that we can then start to really get a hold of, uh, of, of this virus and be able to move forward uh, and not have the kind of, quite frankly, the disparity that we've had in this city and in Queens also of the number of people of, who are black and brown who have either died from this or have been infected uh, you know, and found positive by this virus. Congressman Meeks, we appreciate you sharing this with our listeners. Good to be with you, Sean. Thank you for having me. And now to CQ Roll Call budget tracker David Lerman on the negotiations over relief for small businesses and hospitals. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker, and I am following the on-again, off-again, never-ending talks over a new coronavirus aid package. We thought there would be a deal reached over the weekend. That was the hope. And the weekend came and went with nothing. And then everyone thought Monday would be the day, but the Senate went into a pro forma session and announced there was nothing and they would meet again on Tuesday. So the talks continue. We certainly know the basic outlines of a deal, though. A lot of it is in the can uh, that we know and is unlikely to change, although anything's possible. Most of it is still going to fund, we're talking a deal close to a half a trillion dollars, um, which they're just really calling an interim funding bill until the next aid package comes along, which shows you how massive the dollars are quickly getting. Um, and most of this money is still going to be for small business loans. The, the, the Paycheck Protection Program that offers loans to small businesses ran out of money within two weeks of it taking effect. And so they need more. They're trying to replenish it. And most of this money will go there, probably about $310 billion, uh, of which a portion will go to helping the very small businesses at the urging of Democrats. We know that. We know that hospitals will get another about $75 billion. And supposedly another $25 billion will go for testing of the virus. But there are still hangups on this on this deal. Uh, and one of them is the testing issue. There does seem to be a lot of contention between the parties over how this testing should happen, uh, whether it's more of a federal testing program, whether it's a state-run program, how the money flows, what agency will monitor it. I think it sounds like all of that is still being hashed out. That's taking time. And we're also hearing there may be some concerns about this hospital funding. Um, you know, in the last aid package, they provided about $100 billion for hospitals, but most of that money still hasn't been spent. And there's some concern over how to distribute that money. There's a debate over what formula to use to distribute it in a fair way, because you've got, you, they often use a Medicare formula which benefits certain hospitals and then and then sometimes hospitals that are in poorer communities or um, rural hospitals can be left out or do less well than others. So there may still be a dispute over that formula, which could tie up how this new round of hospital aid gets distributed. 
And that could hold up a deal, too. And then the other unknown here is really whether there would be a new round of aid for state and local governments. You know, the last package had aid for them, but it was really mostly to treat the coronavirus issue itself. States and localities are now asking for money just to replenish all the lost revenue they're suffering from the economic shutdown. Uh, Democrats certainly want more state and local aid now. Republicans are resistant to that, saying it should await a future aid package. And we don't really know where that stands. They've been a little mum on that lately. The thinking was this, it would not be part of this package. And it may well not. It may be they've pushed it, it, they've pushed it off for now. President Trump said it would be in a future package, not now. But Democrats seem to be insistent on it, and we don't know in the end where that stands. So there's still several unknowns here. Talks are still continuing as of Monday evening. And we are awaiting any word of a deal. Uh, but based on the timing of the Senate coming back on Tuesday, Senate leaders clearly hope to have a deal by tonight or tomorrow morning. That's Monday night or Tuesday morning so that they can vote on it Tuesday afternoon. We'll see if that happens. Next up is CQ Roll Call Health reporter Mary Ellen McIntyre on state governor's concerns on testing and plans for reopening their economies. Hi, this is Mary Ellen McIntyre, healthcare reporter for CQ Roll Call. As lawmakers work to negotiate a final deal for Congress's latest pandemic aid package, states keep urging the federal government to help them increase their testing capacities and make sure they have enough test kits and supplies to increase their confidence to lift the social distancing restrictions that have currently shut down large parts of the country in the coming weeks. Vice President Mike Pence held a call earlier today with the nation's governors, and many governors said that testing was the main topic on the call. While governors say the federal assistance is necessary, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, a Republican, took matters into his own hands this weekend, obtaining test kits from South Korea that will allow for a half a million COVID-19 tests in Maryland. Some governors are beginning to make announcements about lifting restrictions in their own states. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, also a Republican, said he would allow some businesses, such as gyms and barbershops, to reopen on Friday and allow restaurants and theaters to reopen next week. This comes after people protested the restrictions in several states over the weekend. Federal health officials also announced new plans on Sunday night, with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services releasing guidelines for healthcare systems to begin resuming elective procedures in areas of the country that are in the first phase of reopening their regions and economies. They also laid out new requirements for nursing homes, which have been hotbeds for COVID-19, to report cases to residents, their families, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Now back to you, Sean. Finally tonight, with much of the world sheltering at home, demand for gasoline has collapsed. Today, it sent oil prices tumbling into negative territory. Yes, that's right. Sellers of oil were, technically speaking, willing to pay buyers to take it off their hands. The reason? They have nowhere to store the stuff. Futures markets indicate a somewhat brighter future, with prices for June delivery at around $22 a barrel. That's our CQ on Congress coronavirus special report for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow with the latest. For all of the CQ Roll Call Newsroom, I'm Sean Zeller.